This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. I'm your host, TJ. And tonight I'm joined by the usual cast of characters with that guy, Pat. Hi, TJ. Coronavirus, Chris. I love coronavirus. And we decided we would expand our our little world here, and we decided to bring in our stat guy, Alex. Hello. Alex is here. Alex is here. This is fantastic news. His homework is the Minivan Dad podcast. And, yeah, his dad keeps telling me we need to start the hashtag Alex do your homework or Alex finish (laughs) homework or something like that. So is your homework done, Alex? Yes, it is. All right. um, Do you feel smarter after doing your homework? Yes, I do. All right. So um, tonight's I've just got a message for for Leipzig from US Fan TV. (laughs) (laughs) Now. US Fan TV breaking news. I am the intern now. You are the intern. You are the. <laughs> Does, do we know if he listens? Do any of the U.S. fan TV people still listen? I have anonymity. Is he? Does he listen to the Minivan Dad Pod? TJ, do you have the numbers? Do you have the stats on this? I can get. I can get cities. I, if I knew where anonymity was from, or he's from Florida. Leipzig was actually from. Well, I'd have to. I don't look. know where Leipzig's but... from. Anonymity lives in Florida. Um, I can look at the last couple shows, and, but that's about. I, I'm not saying do it now. No, I'm we not going to have that kind of that. time. No, we really don't. So, all right. So, Chicago Fire home, our season opener, 2-1 loss to Seattle. Looked good for about the first 45 minutes or so. They got one Until up one Jordan nothing. Morris got involved. And then Jordan Morris decided to turn the fire def- Bronico and the fire defense into his personal bitch. So, yeah. I, was a, I, I wouldn't call that second goal really uh, a Jordan Morris success so much as just like piss it was a failure in defending and actually i don't think looking at it that that was bronico's fault the set the set piece goal the last one and that was stoppage that was johnny b wasn't it i no i i I mean the the closest two guys to him are elliot collier and robert barrage okay yes one scene was just like standing in the open just playing him on side on the last goal so yeah that was it yeah But, so I mean, it was it was not uh, it was it was a different game for sure when when Jordan came on. But I really thought there were some positives for the fire in that game. Like they they seemed to be moving the ball with intent more than we've seen in the last several years. Yeah, it, it, it I think you know Mahalovich looked very good and he seemed to be combining well with Alvaro Madron, who we didn't really know how good he'd be and he was kind of the forgotten signing because they signed him in november or whatever it was october right right around the soldier field yeah uh, announcement so it's actually I, pauno who signed him so yeah he was he wasn't uh wiki's guy but he definitely seems like a quality player so i mean that and considering that they're they have two designated players and and four new total internationals still to come they might be all right this year. You know, yeah. I, 
when when I'm, I looked at when I looked at the side they rolled out, I I keep coming back to with the guys they have coming in. In theory, this should be about the side you're playing in an open cup game. This isn't you know or squad rotation game. This isn't your top top side, and it's because we couldn't the the other four still aren't here. But to see them competitive against Seattle in Seattle, I, I guess you really can't have a lot of complaints. As much as I like Bronico, and Bronico's playing out of position. If you're if you're Seattle, that's exactly what you do with Jordan Morris. Is say take him on and destroy him. And I mean, Seattle's good at isolating him as it is, isolating Jordan Morris as it is. And then when you've got Morris going up against a guy who's not a true right back who's filling in, um, it was a tough assignment <laughs> for sure. So um, I don't fault Bronico too much for that. He, you know, somebody had to do the job and he did the job, and it, it could have just as easily been. Kappelhoff shifts out there, and then Olmsberg pairs with with uh, Calvo. Who knows if that would have been better? But um, but that's what they decided to go with, and it was it was uh, it was a good first half. That's what we'll we'll say. I'm trying to think. We haven't had a true right back in a while because it's been Bronico filling in. It was Kappelhoff filling in. Right. It was last year, or two years ago. It was um, Drew Connor as well filling in for a yep. while. So, yeah. Yeah, Sekulich is going to be the first true right back we've had. Sekulich, yes. Once he gets here. So, Speaking of Iches, I'm actually quite excited for Stojanovic. Um, yeah? Coming from Kukariki. He scored this amazing goal back in December against Sudrana Zvezda. It was like he lobbed the goalie, who's by the way the Canada goalie, from like 40 plus yards out. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that, but that sounds I, I know they're high on him. And I think he's either here or very close to here. I don't know if he if the medical was today or it will be tomorrow, but I think there are two players of the four that could possibly be in the eighteen on Saturday. I still think it'll be another week, but it's it's Stojanovic and it's Aliseda who flew in uh yesterday now so um once you know it's still gonna they have to pass their medical and and i don't know where the um the visa status is but if they're here there's a good chance that that's close to done so hopefully they will be available for saturday and if not they'll definitely be available for the the third game of the season at least those two we know we also know jimenez um who uh, can be beaten five out of ten times in a one v one, as I understand it. Um, is he played his last game in Argentina tonight? So, um, and he made it through without crashing into a signage board this time. So uh, he should be available soon as well. Hopefully, everyone by the home opener. All TGI, right, and still there. Yeah, I'm still here. Um, okay. And you know, and you were. T- I kind of want to step back just for a quick second because you were talking about Jordan Morris and that Seattle does a good job of isolating him. And I don't know if you were at the game last year. I don't think you were, Pat. The Seattle game at home last year, where they did that with with Nicholas Hassler, Nicholas Hassler to the point where they took Hassler out in the 40th minute after Morris abused him for like the entire first half, and I think it was like two or three nothing, and that was the end of that. So, the crazy thing about Morris, too, is that like he has that Wayne Rooney thing where if you look at him, you go, no, he's not an athlete. 
he he plays he's an esports athlete maybe like he's and then he's like so quick it's unbelievable he probably you you could have made a strong case that he should have beaten Pulisic last year for uh, U.S. Soccer Player of the Year. He, I mean, he should have. Really it was really close, too. It was like yeah. 37 to 35. I, I still would have gone Pulisic. I think I, I argued for Pulisic at the time, but you could make it, you could definitely make a case for Morris, who um, had a for nice year, an M- year For just an MLS guy, he seems to be in bouncing back from a, starting on year two post-ACL. He seems to be doing okay. There so. aren't a lot of men's national team guys in MLS that we don't kind of look down upon these days too. Like it used to, used to be, you know, there was tons of guys in MLS that, that we were really excited about, but there aren't a lot that we, that collectively U S soccer fans get excited about. But Jordan Morris is a guy that I think by and large, most people are happy with being there. So as long as, as long as we're talking about his left foot, you mean? It's got, I feel like he's gotten a little better <laughs> at that too. He is better. He does once in a while have a left foot now. Speaking of uh, U.S. soccer famous people, Josie Altador anchored Canadian Sports Center tonight. For real. Yeah, he literally served as an anchor. He was the anchor of Canadian Sports Center tonight. That's C E N T R E. And apparently had absolutely nothing to say about the the impacts winning goal. It was, yes. I think. Number five in the play of the week, yeah, or whatever. And he just kind of went. At, uh, I he goes. I just can't say anything good about it. He goes. It's Montreal. He goes. It's fine. And I said something along <laughs> those lines. It was pretty. It was pretty outstanding. Um, shade thrown from for the rivalry that they have going up there. So, and which I think only equates to about a three quarters of a rivalry based on the exchange rates. So, <laughs> and then and on that note, we'll move on. Um, other big news for the fire was. They announced their they their announced team was officially introduced this week. Pat and I know the hot time in Old Town had a had a good write up on this, um, so I'll let you kind of take the lead on this one. That website did have a good write up on it, for what I'm told. Um, yeah, the uh, the Arlo thing has apparently been, as I talked about today in the story, kind of like in the making since, in some ways, last summer. But then you can go back to when. Sean Dennison randomly met Arlo White at a at Thunderdan's Sports Grill in Phoenix before the 2008 Super Bowl uh, when Arlo overheard Sean and somebody else talking about MLS and just walked up to him and said, "Hi. I like MLS." And then ended up at the Sounders a couple of years after that. Arlo was in town to call the Super Bowl for B- the BBC. Um and ended up at, at the Sounders a couple of years after that, and then at NBC calling MLS games, and then at NBC calling Premier League matches. Then he became a big star. And they were going to have him consult on... They just wanted to basically expand out the broadcasts, maybe add people. It didn't necessarily mean getting rid of the crew that they, were, they had. Uh, and it got to the point where they decided to get rid of Dan Kelly after the season. And they're just like, well, instead of consulting, do you just want to do this? And he's like, yeah. So it, it was, it was a matter of just making sure that NBC was cool with him doing it in his, essentially his spare time. Um, and then they had to 
they thought he was going to be with, I didn't put this in the story, but they thought he was going to be with Clopas. And then, um, uh, Sean gets a call one day that, that Wiki has hired Clopas on the staff. He's like, well, I guess I'm, I'm now filling two jobs. So he calls his old friend, Tony Miola, who he did stuff with when he worked in the league office. And, uh, Tony jumped at it too. So, and then Tony, was the one that had worked a bunch of times with Tyler Terrence, who they worked at a company that there's basically, I didn't know this, but there's a company that handles the broadcasts of soccer matches, like for CONCACAF, where they call them off monitors. It's, it's a private, like it's not CONCACAF doing it. It's a company that they hire to do it. And so Terrence and Miola worked for that company together and would just call, they called hundreds of matches, I guess just cranking through them. And, uh, and that's where they developed a chemistry. And Tony's like, you need a, you need a guy when Arlo's not there. I got a guy. So, um, and I know TJ, you are a fan of his from watching Phoenix rising. Correct. And he, he does a solid job and you've, you know, you can go look at any of their highlights. Um, he's what he's 27. I mean, and he's fluid. He calls a game really well. You don't feel like he's an, He's an ex-soccer player. He does play ball. He knows the game. It's not like it's not like a square peg in a round hole where he's just a good announcer trying to adapt to soccer. He he's a good announcer, and he knows soccer, and it he's worked a out soccer really announcer well. Yeah, first, yeah, that's that's for sure. He's an American voice, which I think is important. We can't just have as much as Arlo's my favorite announcer, like period. But we can't just have English not guys come over and. I do love Ian Dark too. Ian Dark is definitely up there, and Doc Emmerich. But um, to go with a different sport, but uh, it, I think Arlo is my absolute favorite. But but yeah, it's important to have American voices calling these games too. And um, I think he's going to do a great job, and he's going to be the one that calls most of them. I, if you do the math, Arlo's probably going to call fewer than ten matches. So um, he's got to go to the Olympics in the middle of the uh, year to call that. Too, assuming the Olympics happen. Um, but yeah, he's going to be here from basically mid-May to mid-August with the exception of the Olympics. So, uh, and I have learned that he will be here sooner than that um, in a different capacity for the fire. I think that's all I can say right now, but he's, it's going to be something cool that's going to be announced with that coming up. So, mm. and um, and. And wasn't and it Alex said will that... probably. I would imagine knowing Alex, he'll be there. So that's all I'll say. Um, yeah. And, so and Terrence doesn't get nights off though. I mean, it sounds like he still has a role even on the nights that Arlo White is there. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, two things about Terrence. One, he will be in the broadcast when Arlo is there in some other capacity, like um, pre and post match host or something like that. And they have hired him full time and he's moving to Chicago. So it's not like Tony Miola where he's going to fly in and do the match and leave. Uh, Terrence is like a full on club employee and they're going to have him for other, you know, they're doing all these crazy social media things. Now they're going to have Tyler for that stuff too, as far as I know. So, um, so yeah, that's very, very cool. And I, I really like I, Arlo White and Tony Miola would be, the top crew on any MLS broadcast, like nationally, like the, like maybe you could say John champion and Taylor Twelman would be higher than they probably get. Yeah. 
but Arlo White's <laughs> but yeah, Arlo White and Tony Miola, like Arlo's definitely would be top billing. So um, that that's a crew that can compete with anybody. So it it's just it's insane that we've gone you know from being only on a streaming service last year, a good streaming service, but with with Dan Kelly and Frank Klopas to this an over the year broadcast station with freaking Arlo White and Tony Miola coming in. So I know some Fire fans were pissed that it was Tony Miola because he basically cost the Fire the 2000 MLS Cup by making 10 saves in the final. But mm. Tony, Tony's a national hero. Get over it. <laughs> and a great guy. Chris and I, I met him in Nashville and he wouldn't stop talking to me. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was like, I, I couldn't really speak. I, it's not often that I, um, I don't know that I, that I kind of like become a fanboy and something, but yeah, I was like thinking of myself as like a 13 year old in, in the, that's the thing uh, when, during when the 90 world Cup, childhood. Like, yeah. Alex, you'll understand when you're older, when, when it's somebody from your childhood, cause well, Alex is, Alex meets everybody like at the, in his childhood and true. He doesn't wait till he's older. He meets them now. Um, but yeah, it's like me. If I went to interview Christian Pulisic, I'd be like, oh, I'm interviewing Christian Pulisic. That's pretty cool. But he's just like a person. But if I went to interview Scotty Pippen, I'd be nervous. That's Scotty Pippen. He's from like, my childhood. We, we met we met Brian McBride the same day. Yeah, we and did. I was like, cool. I was cool to talk to him at all. <laughs> it was like, Tony Mayola, I was just sitting there. I, I remember I was consciously thinking, say something, say something, say something. And, and I, I just couldn't do it. I just kept standing there watching the two of you talk. He he kept talking to me, too. Yeah. he like There was nobody in line to meet him. We walked right up. He asked where I live. I said Chicago. It was the summer of 2017, so the fire were good for that one little window. And then he just kept talking. And I'm like, wow, I didn't expect this to go this way. I thought we were getting a photo. I played with Brian McBride once. You played with him? Yeah. For what? In During the MLS All-Star Game in 2017, when it was in Chicago... There was this like beach soccer event, and there was a pickup beach soccer game, and I, I played on the that. same team as Brian McBride. Did you really? Nice. Anybody yeah. else? Uh, Brian Ching. Wow. It's yeah. a guy that Chris once wondered if you punched him in the nose, if pineapple juice would come out. <laughs> I, was it? No, I think it was Hawaiian Punch. Might have been. <laughs> Seriously, you're going to challenge me on, on editing tonight, aren't you? <laughs> okay, so anyway, so Tony Mule, I mean, you've got Arlo White. Is he, what, the lead, basically the lead for the Premier League or one of them? And then you got the World Cup second, you know, color commentator on the two teams for the World Cup and Tony yeah. Mule. Yeah. Really, and it comes back to what we've said, you know, you and I, the three of us have said on several shows now, with the exception of the Cat's Anus logo, they they aren't making mistakes with with redeveloping, like reintroducing the team to the city all the way around. Um, and I know the cat's been anus, perfect, except for that. Right, and the cat's anus logo is it, it, I believe we believe it came from Hout, Houtman had put that in motion. I don't before know that the for team sure. sold. I will right. find that out. 
I will have that story at some point. All I do know is that the logo was first sketched up toward the beginning of last season. I do know that. um, That makes sense. I also know that everything else that that design firm puts out is good. Like yeah, they, didn't they make the Inner Miami logo? They made the Inner Miami logo, and they made the Milwaukee Bucks logo, which is also really, really good. It like the Inner Miami logo is fantastic. It, it's it and it the it makes me wonder if someone overplayed their hand. I I don't know, but I I feel I just these I know these guys now. They're clearly smart guys, and they clearly know what they're doing. And that one got that one was so wrong that I just I don't know what happened. So, well, the question is, was it done before a lot of these guys came in, or were these well, guys I mean, were in the roles they're in? I mean, they but these guys have been in the roles for a while, so I don't I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense to me that they would go. That's what we want to do, because it's like. There's there's lots of logos that are just fine, right? Like most logos, people don't hate. But whether it's you know whether you're just there was people who were just wanted the old logo back, and there's a lot of people who would have been fine with a modernized logo. But that one's like every, everybody just it doesn't look good on screens. It just the 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 lines and the font are too small. It's weird. The, it's it's got an odd I don't know it's just for everything every single thing they got right this this offseason that one is just a, it's not and, good and, and we and we got to we've got to suffer it through sucks. it sucks through this yeah. year and by next It'll year they'll have like, an alternate logo and then then that'll become the alternate and they'll phase it out that's kind of what's going to happen um because you don't want it well and it, 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 it's the only thing that's logical because otherwise you're going to you do risk anybody who buys anything with the cat's anus on it. it they're going to be pissed that I bought this and now it's changed again. Um, I realistically don't see the color scheme changing, but like I said, they'll introduce the secondary logo and then they'll fade out the first one. It's interesting one. to note that the homecoming stuff that they have, the merchandise they have for the first game is blue, predominantly blue with white and red. There's no yellow and no logo in it. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the yellow goes away. I don't yellow know why there's yellow to begin with, to be honest. Because you don't see it on the flag or anything, really. No. The, and the obvious choice would have been to just go with the colors of the flag. Everybody loves the flag. Yeah. It's, you know, it's for uh, yellow flames. Or you could say the Gold Coast. If you want to go that route, but um, I did like mustard up, ketchup down. But if you, but if you do mustard up, ketchup down. If you do, if you, here's the thing though, Pat. If you do take the gold out of it, now you really, you've got the new. You just, you have the revolution. You, you just have the refs colors. Then there really isn't much difference at that point than the fire in New England, and and that's, so you, that's you, you would have a, you would have a revel anus. Yeah, or we'd have another team, another logo that no you know it might be one of the one few logos that are wor- actually worse than the fire is the new england revolution but it's been but around so long the it's... only original logo left so yeah it, it it does have that going for it like it is terrible but it like is it's, it's a relic of the 90s which makes it a little bit cool it's no columbus <sighs> yeah. crew original logo i can tell you that <laughs> 
<laughs> Columbus crew on the backup. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch crew, yeah. Funky TJ, crew, what else yeah. would you like to talk about? Well, you, you mentioned Inter Miami, um, and I know we did oh, our couple by weeks the way, ago. We did, I, I, I yeah. was going to say, oh, I happened to see one of their jerseys up close, like at the store a few days ago. It actually, I, I, I liked it. Like in person, it is pretty cool. I like the sublimated uh, logo in there. It is, it is well done. I don't think it's going to have Qatar Airways on it either. Didn't they scrap did that, that plan? Next? I think so. I don't know. Um, the pink shorts with it looked like crap, though, that they played that they when they played LASC on on the weekend. Although seeing Beckham getting heckled by the LASC supporters was pretty outstanding. So <laughs> what the you look lonely thing? Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was outstanding, and the fact that he just he owned it, which is you give him gotta give Golden Ball some credit for that one. So um, I don't know. Let's see what other things do we want to talk about. Um, I was invited to an event with him through my new media duties. I would have had to fly to New York City, but I could have met David Beckham. Golden Balls himself. And I would have had to find, I think one of one of the reporters there, it might have been Pablo Maurer or somebody made a joke that reporters are trying to find their way into a photo with him. <laughs> that I would have definitely been among them. Just the, the the photo of me looking at him intensely, like with you know, journalistic eyes as he <laughs> talked in his high voice about Inter Miami. I would have I would have gotten a photo, just as I might try to do with Thierry Henry. It's the only time I will break my uh, role as a reporter. I, if I could get a photo <laughs> with Thierry Henry, I might have to do that. And that that's kind of fair. I, I would I, I would allow that. Pretty much the only guy. Uh, all right. So, do you want to go to the talk about the national team and the couple of news items that came up this week with that one? Anyway, it's it's not my podcast, TJ. It's your podcast. No, but you you just seem seem to have a voice in it. Um, we do have reports out of out of what is it out of out of Manchester saying that. The plan this year is to let Claudio Bravo go after the season and possibly to NYCFC and and bring Zach Steffen in off of his loan deal back from Fortuna Dusseldorf. From a national team perspective, what is, what is your guys' take on that? Is that well, a good move, a bad move? What Johnson? Because he's the starting goalie at NYCFC. Does that mean he's going to need to be traded, or is he going to move That's to That's my question, too. My thought is that means he's going somewhere else. Like, Can you not... come back to the fire? Um. But yeah, it's uh, as for Stefan, under normal circumstances, if City had European football, there would be a little more squad rotation and you would think that that might be a good idea. But since they won't be in the Champions League next year, we think um, that leaves three competitions. And I mean, he would probably get the Carabao Cup. Would they give him the FA Cup? Carabao Cup. Sorry, I forgot to do it. Um, I would just, I just would rather see him stay at Dusseldorf if he's getting regular games there, and he wouldn't at City. Though, if Dusseldorf got relegated, I don't think we'd want. Oh, him. that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Because so they are in the relegation zone right now. Maybe we do want him back with Pep. Apparently, Mix isn't there. 
He's on the books. Well, where is he then? He's at Stavak again. <laughs> this is what I read. I just think we need Mix back here. Mix had his own hats. He did. I didn't get he... one. I do have a lot of hats, but I didn't get one. But like Mix was like popular. He like he was. He took the ten. He had the ten shirt. Mm-hmm. When he was in a team with Via Gerard Lampard, he yeah. was one of the big names in that team. Think about that. And he flamed out of the K League. <laughs> That's crazy. That's Freddie Adu level stuff. <laughs> Is Mix on cameo? Let me look. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, you just you just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's a really good sound tonight that we've going here. Um, so, kind of mixed on what we want to do with, or what we think is best with Zach Steffen. Not, not that they're going to consult us with any of this stuff. Um, let's see, Tyler Adams two-year extension with Leipzig. I imagine so he's on five he, years now. Uh, con- new contract through twenty twenty-five. So, I mean, if you're if you're Leipzig, that's a good deal. That's a smart deal. Until Bayern decides they want him, right? I mean, so he can uh, join Serginio Dest? Yeah. And Alfonso Davies. Yep. The MLS crew is all going to... Uh, I guess Serginio Dest is in MLS, but he's got an American tie. I saw a video of him signing autographs for two hours after a match. That's crazy. That's like some women's level stuff. Yeah. Men's players don't do that. They usually sound like one or two and then just go. It's for you. <laughs> well, that's just until Alex decides that they're going to Chelsea. So <laughs> It doesn't work anymore. No, what happened there? Sancho, um, you know, I decided I wanted to let Pulisic have more playing time. Yeah, so. that's a concern. <laughs> yeah. And that seems, to, that's, how's that working out, by the way? Uh, he's injured. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, exactly. So, and I think that when he comes back, he'll be the starter because we play so much better with him in there. Are we worried about the these? Is he going to be one of these guys that constantly has these little injuries? He's been injured for like half the season so far, which is, might be slightly concerning, or maybe he's just been unlucky. And it was kind of that way last season at Dortmund, too. There was a lot of, he's got a thigh injury or an ab injury or well, something. Well, you of... did, you you are on record as saying you hope the best that comes of him is to be an Aryan Robin. Ooh. I hadn't considered that. So this is your there, fault. There, it is. there are pros and cons there. He could be Aryan Robin, but that would come with the injuries. But it could also come with destroying Mexico's hopes and dreams. So Mm. That might be a trade-off I'm willing to take. No era, no era penal? Uh, no, it was. He was violently fouled. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolute just maliciousness. Oh, TJ, what else do you want to talk about? Let's see. What other Tim Howard? Do we have? Tim Howard. Yes, right. let's just have oh, yeah. Alex. Alex, can you host from now on? TJ's like, <laughs> TJ, just run the board. Tim Howard is going to uh, come out of retirement and be the owner and goalkeeper for Memphis 901 FC. 
at 41 years old. Does that automatically make him the captain too? I'm just curious. I think if he, if, I think if he wants to be, <clears throat> like, it, and realistically, he... everyone he's playing with is is not as good as him, even even at his age. Um, so he kind of just automatically walks in. But is it also a dick move to walk in as the owner and be like, "Well, I'm also the captain, guys." <laughs> And is he setting himself up for move back to England to go play for Dagenham and Redbridge next year? <laughs> Which is the other team he owns, is a part owner of. Oh, that's right. <laughs> to go play in the English, what is it, English National Conference or whatever, the first non-league, the highest National non-league league. level. In it. Yeah, How's their jersey, it. TJ? How's Red it fit? and blue. Red and blue, it's sponsored by a funeral home. It's awesome. How's it fit? I don't know. I haven't bought one in a few years. So. You actually have one, though? Oh yeah, because I I found that. Joking? <laughs> of course you do. That was the that were the ones that were the turning my back on the Premier League. That was the the team that was subject to that book. So um from a few years ago, I found them. What God? It was 2010. They had the smallest budget on FIFA, so I thought I'd take had them win the Champions League. It was fun. So way back when. Um. So yep, Tim Howard. Potentially go or pulling a Didier Drogba and moving down from the owner's booth into <laughs> under the field again. Um, do they play? Do they play Landon Donovan's team this year? I meant to check that today. They do. Yes, they're in, both in the championship. <laughs> That'll be outstanding. The, I knew they were both in the championship, but does everybody in the champ? You would play is at Memphis least one in the West or in the East. I don't know that. Because they only play within their conference. That's right. They don't cross over, do they? Let me check. I'm I'm looking at it. That's really something we would assign Alex to. Memphis is in the East, so they would not know until USL Cup. So, yeah. And will Landon be playing by then? (laughs) Come out of retirement for the third time? One can only hope. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't feel like he comes out of retirement. I think his wife just throws him out of the house and says, "Go, you're pissing me off. Get out of here for a while." So I mean, it is his birthday, so happy birthday, Landon Donovan. It is Landon Donovan's birthday. We it didn't is. That. That's thank you. Yeah. How did how did we miss that one? He's 38 years old now, I believe. Mm-hmm. See, he's he's younger than than uh, than Timmy. He's a field player, though. And and will Timmy or Landon bring Demarcus Beasley in? <laughs> and it's Marcus Beasley that, that all? would be awesome there's a shot of, of Howard signing his contract to be a player did he have to sign it twice oh in an agreement with himself and how does the salary work against the salary question that is a mm-hmm. great question I think there's going to be some financial player play issues popping up with Memphis 901 FC so I think they're going to need to be banned from the CONCACAF Champions League for two seasons. Nah, nah they, they can go there. They just can't go to the UEFA Champions League. That's <laughs> all. We'll keep, we'll keep them out of that. So Beasley's too much, two months younger than Donovan. Really? What yeah. is the closest USL championship team to us? Indy 11? Yeah. yeah Probably, be, yeah. If I wanted to go see a Tim Howard... It would be ended. It would be go go see him play at Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil Stadium or whatever it is. It's got to be so empty. It's got to be like what ten thousand people in a sixty thousand people stadium. 
Yeah, it could be t- if the if the fire don't win, it'll look like Soldier Field by the end of the year. That's. <laughs> I thought they've had a small stadium. They play at the Colt Stadium now. They play at the Colt Stadium. Yeah. A couple of years yeah, ago, I... they moved over. Wow. So, they couldn't Con- get their Drew stadium there, deal. What's that? Is Drew Connor there still? Yeah, he is. Last time I checked. It's like we don't have to even Google it anymore. That's what. That's why <laughs> we have. Just chimes in. <laughs> that's why we brought him on board. That and once his homework's done, you know, incentive for him to get his homework done. So. Oh, they uh, also have Andrew Carlton apparently, and John Bush. Wow. And he like fifty. <laughs> I think Chris, I was at the match with you where John Bush took a shot and nailed a small girl in the stands in the head. <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's funny. I don't know why he was shooting, but then he ran into the stands He's and signed a, years old. <laughs> he signed wow. a pair of gloves and gave them to her. Witnessed that, that does happen. sound familiar. I do remember that. You were probably drunk. And Pat and and I appreciate Pat. I do appreciate the segue there about going into the stands. Um, how about one Eric Geyer bum, going bum, into the bum. stands? Today? Oh, I wasn't even attempting it. But you know what? I think anytime Tottenham is melting down, normally I wish well for people, and I I you know I I try to see the positives, and I I try to see people as people. But for specifically with Tottenham Hotspur. The more they can melt down, the better. So I loved seeing it today. Eric Dyer <laughs> going into the stands, trying to fight people. I thought it was fantastic. Um, we are way ahead of schedule on the Jose Mourinho meltdown chart. So um, he is his his. Uh, isn't it usually about two years you get out of Jose? First season is building. The second yep. year they win the title, and the third year is a complete meltdown. That's the that's the normal. But he seems to be cycling much faster these days. Yeah, yeah, it sped up a little bit at Man United, and now it's obviously when you go to a club like Tottenham, the history of the Tottenham. Who? Um, you, uh, it's it was it was you know obviously going to be an explosive combination. Harry Kane wants to leave now. Saw that today. He wants to go to Manchester United. Why? It's it's they they don't speak very well in Manchester, I guess, and he feels like he'll fit in better. <laughs> Large tongues. Yeah. And and Slabhead is a captain. So, yeah, so, it, you know, you love so to Spurs, see it. You, you really do. You, you, there's no problem. We're going to finish eighth, and there's going to be a Totteringham's Day this year. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> you know... I, I've been I've been hearing these rumors about uh, Kane leaving and, and where would he go. It's odd to me to go to United. Now it's a very United thing to do, like just go buy the biggest name in 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 English soccer and and, and spend a bunch of money on it in hopes that this buys you instant success. But um, I, to me, like it it. it it has the potential to kind of ruin Marcus Rashford, and I don't know that that's a good thing for them. Granted, if 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 it works out, whatever, they'll sell Rashford and, and you know move on. But um, looking at the bigger picture, Rashford plays really well for them, and and I think sticking a guy in who's going to like steal a lot of that attention doesn't necessarily 
help them in terms of him. I don't think the problem is they need a striker. I think I think they have a lot of other issues they need to fix. But I mean, whatever. Again, it'd be very united to just go splash a bunch of cash. On... And, and, and I, Chris, usually I'd agree with you. It is a very united thing, but it doesn't seem like they're doing as much of that since, you know, starting this summer. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're just going, that's a big name, we're going to go get them. It seems like they're getting people that actually fit the way they play, and it's kind of weird that they're doing that. So, so that so that said... Um, and Victor Wanyama left time. Oh, yes, he went to Montreal. Montreal Impact, because Thierry made the call. He's going to have to learn he can't celebrate a draw, though. <laughs> Didn't... Uh, was it his post... To say something about, uh, so he'll he'll all, he'll never forget all the success there, including finishing second in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> second, the Premier League, second, the Champions League. Come I feel on. like they're. I feel like Spurs are going very much the way of the Cubs and trying to get 106 years before actually getting a trophy. So, yeah, I mean, fantastic news, and their they're, fans they're, are insufferable. But guys, they won the Audi Cup, so yeah, <laughs> they is did. That like, That's true. Is that like winning? Is that like winning the Carolina Challenge Cup? Yes. Okay. And th- those are important tournaments. I mean, without that, the only t- trophies the Fire have won in the last decade have been the wooden spoon. So, um, let's see what other things are we. So, Liverpool. Going from winning everything to losing three of four. Three of four. Yes. There was all competition. A week in the Invincibles season, right about now. Yeah. Where they went out of the FA Cup and the Champions League in the same week. Um. But did did they, did did they, they lose, lose in the Premier League? Did they lose check. to Rock, Did they lose to Watford? No, they did not lose in the Premier League. Their trophy huh. was gold. So, so um, did did they have forty four games unbeaten? Like no, they actually or... Chris had forty nine, and if it oh, weren't for forty nine is more than forty four, right? It is, and it would have been greater oh. than that too if it wasn't for some um, conspiracies and then a thrown pizza. <laughs> they would have, <laughs> and they. But of those forty nine games, didn't they draw twelve of them? Hey, well, of the 38 of the Premier League season, they drew 12. Yes, they were, it was 26, so over, 12, and, but zero I mean, that's losses. Like, that's like pushing Chicago Fire levels of draws in a season. Mike McGee was not sure. on the Invincibles. If, uh, <laughs> if the Fire also had wins instead of losses. Did the Fire win MLS that year? No, they did not. So <laughs> it's not the same thing. That's because there was no playoffs or else... Arsenal probably would have lost there. And it would have been a conspiracy against Arsenal, right, Chris? Back then, it wasn't... It, that's where that's where a lot of these, the, the, uh, the theory I have about refereeing today comes from the uh, foreign team that Arsenal fielded back then. Well, that and there was still Fergie time back then. I mean, it was just, there was two levels of timekeeping at that point so oh there was absolutely that, that. i mean harold webb of lies was that <laughs> was that before Harold before webb before howard webb uh, he, he i'm trying to think when he started 
fish, uh, uh, officiating him, like uh, in the Premier League, and I can't remember exactly because he is relatively young. Like he's maybe fifty or something now. I'm I'm still kind of surprised he he um, he stopped doing it. He reffed the World Cup final, so yeah. And, he, and he's now a consultant for MLS. <laughs> are we still doing a podcast, TJ? We are still doing a podcast. <laughs> check. I like. To, it's a point in the in the podcast where I like to check in, and make sure we're still doing it. We we are still doing a podcast. That's a good point. Um, so when so Arsenal. So is Arsenal glass half empty or glass half full, gentlemen? Um. <sighs> If it were they, not for Mikel Arteta, I would say definitely glass half empty, but he's the only thing that has um, made me excited about things. There are some things looking up. Um, win this weekend, and I might say glass half full. That said, there's always uh, Man City and a few days after that. And, yeah, just, just thrown and, together at the last minute. So. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that one. Like city has shown themselves to be vulnerable in the last few months. They've also shown themselves to be exceptional in the last few months. So, um, it, it, the one, the most compelling thing here is that it's Mikel Arteta and he knows everything they're going to do. Yeah. So, it's there should be no uh they're not going to be caught off guard by anything unless pep just decides to get crazy so it'll come down to can we actually execute and you know now that mustafi's the best defender in the premier league <laughs> i'm joking so, obviously but can he's, can can we stop kevin de bruyne i guess mustafi Spike can Bruyne. What about Agent Luis? Yeah, he's done his job for you guys. So, um... (laughs) well, the reason why I asked half empty or half full because it was since since we last recorded, we had the you had your wonderful results in the in the Europa League, and. Then of course beating beating Everton on the weekend and then advancing in the FA Cup. So I guess they play Sheffield United in the in the quarterfinals. Oh, has the draw happened yeah. already? The draw yeah. happened this afternoon. Yeah, it was going on. It was going on just as uh, Spurs were Sheffield uh, United wrapping up decent, their loss. That's a decent draw. We got, we got Leicester away. Ooh. Uh, so that's a tough, really tough game. Jamie's going to be hopped up on Red Bull. <laughs> I, I don't know. Leicester's really cooled off. I don't know if that is a. It, it's certainly not the game it was two months ago. Yeah. Well, couldn't you argue the same about Chef, uh, Sheffield United? Even them about a month ago, two months I, ago. I mean, I guess, but they've been not like they, they they didn't peak nearly as high as as Leicester has this season but they've been consistently very good like they, they're still in the Europa League hunt <laughs> yeah there is that which maybe plays to our benefit well that's but that said Arsenal's only 3 points out of a Europa League spot right now so i i mean 
look, th- things are moving up for us, um, or looking up for us. And when you like, th- this is the part that I guess puts me at the glass half f- half full. If assuming we we win this weekend, um, we are one game basically out of of the mix for uh, um, a spot in Europe. So somebody's going to lose someone in those teams, a few of those teams above us are going to have to play each other. Somebody's going to lose, you know, um, all we have to do is win now and, and we can, you know, we'll, well, we'll you, climb, we'll climb the list. But couldn't you make that, couldn't you make that argument of any game though? Or of any I was time? just, I was well, just going to say, they the, win. The problem, I mean... the problem is, the problem is everyone else can make that same argument. And you know, the, the work we did in the first half of the year, was to lose to all the teams that were, that well, lose to all the teams that were above us, and lose or draw to the teams that were below us too. So it's like, you know, we got to make up the ground on on those crappy games, but we also got to make up some game, uh, some some ground on those teams above us. And the good news is we play them. The bad news is we play them. <laughs> and Alex, how about you and Chelsea? How are you feeling right now? I mean, I'm feeling pretty good because even without, in my opinion, three of our most important players, Pulisic, Kante, and Abraham, we've still been doing not that bad. We beat Tottenham, beat Liverpool, even though they were slightly rotated. And I think that when we have Pulisic back, hopefully in the next week or two, and then Kante in the next two weeks, we should be able to get fourth place. And the... Yeah, it still gets you in qualification for Champions League. So, which yeah, I mean, three, Liverpool, three points up on Man United right now. I think Chelsea's in the driver's seat for that. And even if they do fall to fifth, that's probably a Champions League spot. So it is. Yeah. The, it, yeah. it is currently a champion. It is currently a Champions League spot. Fourth I, place has got to be the goal for Chelsea this season because I remember the first game of the season we played Man United away. Yeah, we lost four nil, but I remember we were at Chelsea Chicago. We were all saying, like, that's fine. It's going to happen. If you had told us that but at this point in the season we'd be in a Champions League spot, we have taken that in an instant. Absolutely. Because we, we weren't able to bring in any players. We were only able to bring in Kovacic because of the loophole. So that was the only player, and then Pulisic. So we had just lost... Possibly our greatest ever player. And, yeah, I had a new manager who's young. So, yeah, club oh, legend. And I'm kind of – I guess with Chelsea, I was kind of surprised. Only because they – I thought they had half of Europe on loan somewhere. <laughs> that they couldn't bring in more during the summer. Don't they have, like, 50 players out on loan in various spots? Yeah, and most of them are just – ending up in random places like Marco Marin. We had him on loan until like two years ago. He ended up playing for Zvezda in the Serbian league. And now I think he's in Russia. Like there's all kinds of things like that going on all over the place. Like Lucas Piazzon, he was supposed to be good. Like eight years ago when we signed him after the champions league win, I don't think I've heard his name mentioned in like seven years, but when you when I do a FIFA career mill, he'll show up and return from the loan a year later. <laughs> like I, I'll just completely forgot we even had him. 
Like, Sounds kind of like mixed discarude with uh, yeah. Man City. So, um, what other fun stuff are going? Anything else in Europe, or do we kind of cover that one pretty well? Bundesliga race is pretty close. Yeah. I mean, lots of Americans. You got Syria. You got Syria, which I guess it's one of those. They're going to finish their league, but will anybody see it? Seeing they are playing the next month. Well, uh, will will it be decided on the field? That's a well, and that's that's a fair question too. Do you? I mean, the question to always is, ask of Syria. Well, it's a valid question because they're. I mean, with the coronavirus in running rampant in Italy, are they going to are they going to finish the season? So, I'm um, curious. Like what? What happens to like so so you know Syria's holding uh, um, um, pausing things and and you know games been canceled they're they're looking at you know there's questions of how they may finish the season. Um, what does this do to stuff like Champions League? You know. Well, they're not they're not pausing the season. They're just I think everything's behind closed doors for the next month. Yeah. Which but probably my, my, which... my point is just there there are still questions about how they're like what what may happen if things get worse. And how they will, um, how like how the rest of this could play out. What does that do to stuff like Champions League? You know, does that if if it gets particularly bad, do they completely abandon games? Uh, you know, I, I I'm wondering what happens in Germany with like the um, um, why am I drawing a blank on the the team name with the, the all the owner protests? Um, Offenheim. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, like what, what happens there? They've already got games that they've had to stop and stuff that they're having problems. Now you throw coronavirus in. What is, what does all this mean? You know, um, you figure these players are all from different locations, uh, like on, on, on every team. Um, if they're not with the team for a weekend, what, you know, do, do they suddenly bring this to the team? What happens to, there's so many things. I, I know this isn't the first um, uh, potential pandemic to to uh, to come into play, but it this didn't seem to happen with like SARS or Ebola or MRSA or like um, any of the other big uh, um, viruses over the last 15 years. So I, I, I don't know. What, whatever. It's not like uh, the bird flu. Other yeah, H1N1, yeah. Other part of Europe, um, it's looking possible that the leagues of the Netherlands and Belgium will merge to become the Beneliga. Huh. That um, could be interesting. Because apparently last week there was a meeting with some of the big clubs uh, and the league executives talking about that. And obviously that's helpful for like Ajax or Club Bruges or any of the big teams because at the moment they're not really able to compete with the big leagues like Bundesliga. But I think if they were merged, it would make it a more viable prospect to get more viewership, um, revenue, etc. It probably is better for the general health of the league. I'm curious, like, what does it do to Champions League entrance? Yeah. Because if, if, if you've collapsed a league, I doubt you're going to give 
you're you're losing at least I don't know two three four spots. <clears throat> and then um, th- there's also the issue of what do you do with the smaller teams? This proposed league is going to have 18 teams, 10 from the Netherlands and eight from Belgium. So if you're a smaller team, you're essentially being relegated to the second division. So you lose out on that. And then apparently there's also an issue with FIFA because they pretty much granted special exceptions for the Welsh teams in England and Canadian teams in MLS. So that's also a hurdle. Yeah, but this is... I feel like it's just doing well. And then also... Um, Team Wellington to play in the A-League, which you could take Australia playing in the Asian Confederation versus playing in Oceania. Um, Really, I feel like this is a test case so they can see, work out the logistics so when MLS um, and Liga MX merge, which I I still believe ultimately is going to happen, they'll have all the logistics kind of worked out as to how how they decide these things. So that'll be a smoother transition that way. And then, and then further after that is when the super clubs of Europe decide to say screw it to all the countries and, and form their own league with teams like Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, and so on and so forth. So it's a good test case, um, and it's you know it's it's like nothing else. It's like everything else. It's the money, like you said, Alex. It's the money to to compete with some of these bigger clubs. But you know, and you guys, the three of you are all soccer fans. Does a Belgian and Dutch combined first division make you any more likely to watch it? Yes. Possibly. I do find it a little more compelling at that point. By the way, I just got a call from uh, New Zealand. TJ, Wellington Phoenix is in the A-League. Team Wellington Team is not. Team Wellington in the New Zealand. You're they correct. play Western <laughs> Suburbs or whatever. Eastern Suburbs. Eastern yep. Suburbs. Eastern Suburbs. And I know you know this. You, you're right. I, I do know this. So, thank you for the correction, Pat. Yes. I'll be sure to not edit this out because, yeah, because I just don't care. We try to be accurate so, here at the Minivan Dead Soccer Pod. And Alex, the, we we brought you in so you can correct these things on the spot. And we missed that. <laughs> we let Pat have. We, Pat. Fail. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, uh, one one fun thing that um, oh, uh, perhaps you, you'd like to know. Apparently, the Late Late Show with James Corden tonight will have Chicharito on it. Wonderful. Yeah, hooray. I'll be sure to watch. He definitely seems to be embracing the lifestyle in L.A. and showing up and everything, so good for him, I guess, right? I actually, if you're trying to dislike him, you're better off not watching because he's actually fairly (laughs) likable when you actually hear him speak. He seems like a like an interesting and kind of smart guy. So if you're trying to keep up the hate, Chris, I would just, I, I won't, I won't be watching. I was, okay. I was just kind of making a joke that I, when I saw that there, it's just Mexican players in general. Like obviously there's good reason to hate on them when they're on the national team, especially certain ones. But Sometimes when you're in MLS, it's hard not to root for them. Like Vela, for example, especially when LAFC were playing Lyon, that crazy game. Yeah. Like, that was just amazing to see. But when he's playing for Mexico, would never root for him. But that was pretty cool. I have a special game. spot in my heart for Carlos Vela because of his Arsenal time. But um, I was 
gonna say uh, Blanco. Like, yeah, Blanco. But yes. you know what? There are certain ones that doesn't matter. I don't care if they're on the Chicago Fire. Marquez, I would still say. I'd still say fuck. Well, Marquez. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Isvaldo Sanchez. I I would still give the middle finger to. I mean, maybe not if he was on the fire because I'd be covering him and that'd be awkward. But um, the uh, the only um, the only thing that made me um, say have a little bit of respect for uh, Dirty Sanchez was when was his response to you flipping him off. <laughs> yes, there's a story. Okay, what was the response? I don't I don't know if I've ever heard. This I don't story. remember I have, what I don't he remember. even did to me. I thought he flipped you off back. I thought he did too, but I wasn't 100% sure of that. So, Well, now yeah. you just ruined the story. <laughs> I, I, could, I can't even remember anymore. We were at, uh, it was a Gold Cup game. Um, was it the semifinal? Where, because it, it was it was a doubleheader. It must have been the semifinal. I think it was like, what, the U.S.-Canada game and then yeah. Mexico and whoever yeah, they were playing. Yeah, that's right. And um, we were by the tunnel. He was yeah. out. And they were all warming up right in front of us. And I'd gone to, I don't know, get more beers or go to the bathroom or something. And while I'm gone, apparently Pat yells, Hey Sanchez and then flips him off. And he like he when I came back, he told me he smiled and flipped him off back. He I did. Like, I do remember this. <laughs> he did. I was he like did. I yes. was like, that kinda I like I have a little bit of respect for him now. Like yeah. I hate him. I hate him a little bit less now. That's actually a cool response. I will give him credit. Well, it's he, Pat. I mean, I mean, it's Pat, so it's natural just to flip him off. I would so. think, yeah. The, the, the time when I really started hating him was when Grant Walls spoke to him in Spanish, and then he started making fun of Grant Walls, because Grant Walls got that kind of high voice. And so Sanchez started making fun of Grant Walls' accent, um, <laughs> even though he doesn't really speak English. That's so why I kind of went over the line. I mean, it's not like I mean, Marquez is an all-out drug Douche. lord. Yeah, it, I mean, he can't set foot in our country anymore. He's what a seems shame. like a terrible human being. Yes, I. There's no circumstance in which I would like Rafa Marquez, but some of these other guys, when you find out they're people and they're decent people. You kind of go, okay, I'll, I'll hate you when we play each other. You're just I pet. think that Rafa Marquez is one of only two players to ever get a red card in a World Cup against the U.S. Staff boy coming in again with... Just, <laughs> I was trying to think who, who they could be. Um, the other one, I think, is, uh, according to my research, Peter Artner from Austria. Um, when? 1990? No, 1994 World Cup. There was a red card against Brazil that when the dude oh, boot, really? um, booted Cl- Tab Ramos in the head, wasn't it? I don't oh. know. Uh, Let me look that game up, but I'm pretty yeah, sure there was a red card. Oh, and, okay, there's a few more. Um, De Rossi in 2006. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's oh, of right. course. My parents were at that game. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> that was the Brian McBride bloody face game. Yeah, that we actually won. I was uh, I was at the Highbury. I was at the Highbury in Milwaukee, and um, uh, one of the bartenders was wearing an Italy jersey. And when we scored in that game, 
I threw my beer all over him. I had like I had a new beer and I just chucked it right on him. That was the uh, angriest I have ever been after a soccer match. I think perhaps, perhaps. Which one? Because after after Trinidad and Tobago, I was sad. After the Italy loss or the Italy draw, I was livid. I stand by. We won that game. It was we stolen. It, yeah. I, I don't often align myself with Chris's conspiracy beliefs, but in this one I do. It was stolen. It's that and uh, the Germany match from uh, four years prior. See, I've seen I've seen video of that, and that, that, that is, that's BS. Yeah. Yeah. TJ, have we hit the end of the road on the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod today? I believe I believe we have hit the end of the road. So, because we are we're at an hour, it's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, um, on Twitter at Minivan Dad Pod. Uh, Pat can be found at Patrick McCraney. Chris can be found at at Fine Tooth Combs. Alex, I don't know your Twitter off the top, Twitter handle. Am Calibris Twelve. There you go, and. Ooh. And Chris is also on TikTok. Chris, <laughs> Chris is on TikTok, and he is also on what is it, Craigslist? But you have to know how to find it, right? Yeah, the. I mean, if you know the one, you know the other because you know what's going on there. But we can't really. And and Chris's and Chris's best social media site is, of course, Snapchat. Chris is amazing at Snapchat. So that said, um, Alex. Alex, it. we're going to go – seeing it's your first show, what's your final, any final thoughts for tonight? All right. I'd like to share a joke. Excellent. Arsenal. Mm. Uh-oh. Oh, that's Alex? the joke, isn't it? That's it. I, oh, and I now Alex it. says goodbye because he'll never be back on Minivan Dan Soccer Pod. <laughs> he's telling Arsenal jokes. If he's telling Arsenal jokes, he's got a standing invite. I'm all for this. <laughs> So, Chris, you got anything for this week? Nah, you're done. Pat? I believe I will be at uh, Seat Geek Stadium tomorrow for Chicago Fire Training. So, uh, hopefully I'll have some information for you after definitely, that. Definitely keep checking out and clicking on the links to the, all the articles in Hot Time in Old Town. It's becoming definitely one of the best news sources for the fire. Um, and on that note, that's oh, about Oh, you're too kind. Well, I mean, it's a nice change to see seeing some actual news. I mean, you're getting the background on the Arlo White story, and the, of course the the Barrage and Merlot and the Merlot. Well, anyway, Malort, Malort. It's definitely been shows yeah. been way too long. So on that note, you're done. <laughs>